When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marbles. A lot to talk about. Formula One returns, Indy racing, double headers, and looking forward to Kentucky. Let's get into it. Yes, it is my favorite time of the week, and I hope it's your favorite time of the week as well. Halfway between one race and another, and you're listening to In the Marbles. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Matt Beamer alongside Preston Lude, my good friend. How's it going? It's going good, man. Good, man. How has uh, life been? Life's been uh, busy, I guess you could say. Yeah, life's been busy here too, dude. In the world of racing, at least. world of racing and just life in general, I feel, has been... It's been pretty hectic lately. It has been pretty hectic lately. Now it's raining outside and things are just... Just like the past five NASCAR races in this season, it feels like rain's been a factor. And rain's a factor today, and it looks like it's going to be a factor throughout the rest of the week. Right, yep. Hopefully sure it doesn't is. affect stuff too crazy. We'll have to wait and see. Well, take it day by day, man. But 
other than the rain, everything good? Everything's great. Good, man. I hope everything's okay and out great for everybody out there in the world of in the marbles, y'all, the marble heads out there living life to the fullest considering restrictions and all that stuff, which I hope soon will be lifting. They teased us a little and lifted a little, and then they said, nah. It's going. like that uh, that Geico commercial with the, uh, the oh, fisherman. You almost, oh, had you almost had it. Yeah, yeah. We almost had it, all right? Yeah, there's a few people <laughs> who almost had it this weekend, too. We're going to get more into that here throughout the rest of the show. We're going to just go ahead and right, hop right into it. We don't have any news. No. There's really no news going on except thoughts and prayers to Jimmy Johnson and his family. Hopefully, they're recovering well. It seems like he's doing fine with the COVID. Hopefully, he comes back next week. If not, Justin Allgaier hopefully has another shot. Hopefully, not as bad as what happened in Indy, which was in unfortunate circumstances. But we'll get into that. We're going to go ahead and start off with the return of Formula One in Austria. So, Formula One's back. Austrian Grand Prix was... A full race weekend. We had all three practices to qualifying. Full race weekend. I'm glad they did it like that. I think they need to do it like that. It's so competitive out there in Formula 1. But I'm wondering if they don't practice, will Williams be able to come back and Mm. be competitive? Yeah. Kind of like the lower teams are here in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. But overall, a fantastic weekend. How do you enjoy the race? Great race in general. Overall weekend uh, qualifying, very exciting. Yeah, qualifying is usually the most exciting part of any Formula One yeah. race. Uh, qualifying was great, and then the the race itself. I mean, wow, there was a drama like there always is at the end. Nah, and the only thing missing was the fans, and it was crazy podium. But the start of the race, typical start of the race, both has jumped out in front. Everybody's jumbled, crazy. I didn't see we didn't see any accidents. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to see something fly off, and everybody was very cordial and got in the line and. Good racing from the lights out to the checkered flag. I was very happy with the race, and it seemed like it, the start of the race through mid-wave to me was a typical Formula 1 race. Yeah. A few little incidents. Haas didn't do very well. Haas, unfortunately, had some mishaps, still yeah. plaguing them. Mm-hmm. But the team that's rebounding that I saw from the last couple of years to now, McLaren. Both cars in the top five. Awesome performance. Third and fifth place finish. Third and fifth place finish. But I tell you what, it seemed like a lot of the drivers or a lot of the teams built their cars to last 70 laps and not 71 laps. I mean, you're kind of right about that. Lando Norris with the fastest lap of the race on the final lap of the race was just... Which, according to last year's rules, gives him one extra bonus point. It's kind of like the equivalent to NASCAR back in the day. You lead a, When you lead a lap, you get that extra bonus point. Yeah, you lead a lap, you get that extra bonus mm-hmm. point. Which I like. I think it gives people a little bit of motivation. But I think he had two things going for him, did Lando Norris. One, he wanted that fast lap. Everybody wants that last lap, that fastest lap, in order to get that one bonus points. Only if you finish in the points. If you finish outside the points, which is 11th to 20th, you do not get that bonus point. Mm -hmm. But he wanted that extra bonus point. But then he had a little extra motivation for him going through that. Because, again, we had... Alex Alborn and Lewis Hamilton. It It happened again, people. It happened again. It happened at Brazil, which caused uh, Carlos Sainz to get the podium, costing Lewis Hamilton five grid pace penalties, and it happened again. But this time, Lando Norris was the recipient of the podium finish, and 
I was listening to the radio highlights of that, and Alborn wasn't happy. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine so. And he said, the best thing I've ever heard anybody say to Lewis Hamilton. What a sore loser. That guy is such a sore loser. And, and, oh, man, it's almost as good as people when Austin Dillon does something. Yeah. Saying, that guy in his silver spoon. Love it. I love it. I love it. And the passion from the announcers, I think, makes the Formula One race. Yes. Really it does. And makes the Formula One race more exciting. You can barely contain yourself when you're, you feed off of their reaction. And when they react, and I reacted just like them, oh, no. And it happened again. <laughs> History repeating itself. Lando Norris, the recipient of that. Congrats to Valtteri Bottas. Here's how the podium finished. Valtteri Bottas started on the pole, finished in first place, led just about everything there from start to finish. Charles Leclerc, great run for Ferrari on the podium. Mm-hmm. And Lando Norris, the recipient of Lewis Hamilton's five-second grid penalty, finishes third. It was Great for McLaren. Great overall race. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The race in Austria next weekend, same amount of laps, same everything. So what do you expect to see from the second race? Well, I think Lewis Hamilton will definitely rebound and probably get a better finish. I think what happened, looking back at the weekend, I think Lewis Hamilton was probably driving with a lot on his mind because we saw that in qualifying, they didn't penalize him. And then we find out the morning of the race, he gets called back to the stewards again and yeah. they decide, Hey, we're going to give you a three place penalty for what happened on track and qualifying, which a lot of people were like, you know, why isn't he going to get that penalty? Yeah. He should, he deserves it. So, and then of course that whole thing with Alex Albon. So I think we're going to see Mercedes and probably, I think Red Bull is probably going to rebound yeah. at this point too this weekend. Verstappen, just a disappointing. Right at the start of the race, yeah, I think it was just, lap 11 that yeah, he it had was that very issue. Early, and he, you can definitely tell he was not very happy as no. soon as he got out of, what were they on pit road? They changed something. I think it, was, it had to do with the steering wheel or something. Yeah, they tried switching and out the steering wheel and that didn't fix. They dropped fix the jacks the, and then he takes off and it, Died I mean, again. Just stopped right there, and he just got right out, and that was it. Yeah, they're complex machines, those Formula One cars. Yeah, so I kind of have both Mercedes. I think Charles Leclerc is going to have a pretty good run again. That I have a top five. So I have Hamilton and Botas, Charles Leclerc, and I'm looking for Max Verstappen in there as well, and I'm putting Carlos Sainz in there as well. That is so crazy you say that because I have the exact same really? list of okay. who to watch for. Max Verstappen rebounding, Valtteri Botas and Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari, and Carl Sainz, who's going to take Sebastian Vettel's spot at Ferrari in 2021, mm. having a good run. I'm curious to see how that will work. He he looked really racy there and, in fact, got into Sebastian Vettel spinning him out there during the race. But crazy, and we have to both yeah. the same things. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great race. Here's how I rated the race for Formula 1. I'm curious to hear you. Memorability 9. Just because, again, it's there at the end. Everybody was going crazy and losing everything. Unpredictability 7. Only because I feel like it doesn't matter who's out front. It feels like the guys out front have better quality with the high downforces that they have. Mm -hmm. Intensity 9. Competitiveness 8. Excitement 8. Overall, for the Austrian Grand Prix, the first race back for 2020 for Formula 1, 8.2. You know what's funny? Mine comes out to 8.2 as well. How would you rate yours? I had excitement at a nine, unpredictability. I kept eight, competitiveness eight, intensity eight, and memorability at eight as well. I thought it was an overall fantastic race. It really was. Yeah, that might have some of it might have to do with Formula One 
finally returning, but I mean, it still was exciting. Oh yeah, very much so. And like you said, the commentators make it. I think the commentators make it a lot of fun. It's so much fun listening to the commentators. I enjoy it immensely. Yeah. I also wanted to add that um, I'm looking for a racing point to probably have a better weekend. Well, Sergio Perez did well. He finished, I think it was sixth. Yeah, he did. But Lance Stroll. Yeah, Lance Stroll had a problem problem too. Ricardo had a problem there in the Renault. Ocon carried him, finishing the points. I was looking actually at the Williams finishing 11th. Uh, Nick Nicholas Latifi, Latifi, his first, his his first, first Formula start. One race, yeah, almost finishing eleventh. Granted, a lot of people were out there towards the end. Yeah, however, he survived that attrition. Almost got a point, just couldn't ca- quite catch the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel. He was way ahead. Yeah, you, like you said, a lot of drivers, uh, seven in total, that went out. Uh, a decent amount of big names. I mean, we know the Haas team, both of them. Just yeah, a struggle ha- again. So hopefully Haas can um, fix that. Yeah, we'll have to. Maybe they can rebound next week. We'll see. Yeah, we shall. Remember Austria next week. I get you the start time here. I believe it's the same. Uh, I think it should be nine o'clock Eastern time again as well. At least for us here on the East Coast. Yeah, the start of the Formula One race will start at the same time, nine ten Eastern Standard Time. Practice one will be on July tenth from five in the morning to six thirty in the morning. Set your DVRs. And in practice two will take place on the same day, July 10th, from 9 to 10.30. Practice three will happen on July 11th from 6 in the morning to 7. And then two hours later, we'll have qualifying there on the 11th as well. And then the race at 9.10. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it as well. All right. We're going to go to Indy now. Again, I don't have, I've failed to have the Indy sound I'll come soon, but Indy racing. How do you enjoy the Indy Grand Prix? Um, I didn't get to catch the whole race. I saw bits and pieces of it. It was a yeah, it was a busy weekend busy for me. Well. July fourth, so um, it it seemed like it was pretty good. I mean, it was it's nice to see Indy Indy cars on track as well. I mean, it's just nice to have a full race weekend. Yeah, it in was general. really cool to see the difference how they approach the track, how they the different braking zones. Mm-hmm. The Indy car could break a lot later than the Xfinity cars could. I thought it was fun just watching and comparing both of them. Our picks, or at least my picks for it, Will Power and Simon Pagano didn't win the race. Scott Dixon won the race, mm. which makes him, out of the seven races ran there, only the third winner. Wow. Will Power started on the pole, led 28 laps, ended up finishing 20th. Just plagued by issues all day. Just couldn't quite get it right after a cycle of pit stops or two. Scott Dixon was on it all day. Had a great car. Three pit stops. Couldn't really stop the guy. Guy's on a rail. The guy's on a roll in 2020. Simon Passman ended up finishing third. Didn't lead one lap. Wow. Didn't lead one lap whatsoever. But here's your top ten from the U.S. Grand Prix there in Indianapolis for the IndyCar. Scott Dixon, Graham Rahal, Simon Passional, Colton Herta, Renus VK, Marcus Erickson, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Santino Francisca, and Takuma Sato. And if I butchered any of the names, I apologize. <laughs> but like you, I caught only bits and pieces of it. It was a crazy July 4th weekend. I caught a lot of it on the, on Series XM, and I caught a lot of the Xfinity race as well on Series XM, which I think is a better... I like NBC, but I think Series XM... Can, 
when I listen to it, I listen to usually that at the racetrack, for, so it feels like I'm kind of there. Yeah, they and paint not, a better and, picture for you. And the fact that I'm in the car driving, it feels like I'm actually driving. <laughs> you imagine yourself on the road. Oh, yeah. He says, you're going around turn three, and I'm taking it left. I'm like, this is great. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm in the race. It's, it's totally dangerous. I don't recommend people doing that. I'll do that. But, but I, have, I had a lot of fun doing that. Here's how I rated the race. Memorability, 8. Unpredictability, 8. Intensity, 7. Competitiveness, 9. Excitement, 8. Overall for the Indy Grand Prix, and 8. Well, how would you – did you even rate the race I, since you didn't really catch I it? Did, I did not. I didn't want to rate the race since I didn't really catch it too much. I caught more of Xfinity, which I did rate the Xfinity race because I did go back and watch some of it. Good, well, a like, decent amount of it. Well, like I said, I I had to listen to it on radio. I'm glad I did because the way my DVR is set up, it's only – NASCAR on Fox that's being recorded right now. I got to make sure to record everything on NBC Sports coming up here. Right. So it didn't even record. I caught the cup race at work. But the Xfinity race we'll get into right now. Green, green, green. Xfinity race I thought was so much fun. First time on that track for any type of stock car. And that track holds a special place for me because I saw... The Formula One race there, Michael Schumacher win in 2004. I love the layout. I love its uniqueness. It's like the Roval before there was a Roval. I thought the Xfinity race, just listening to it and picturing it, was awesome. It, I thought, sounded, I, it sounded very good. I, I thought they brought a great show there. I wish Tony Stewart could have raced in there, would have raced in there, Yeah, I should say. If it wasn't for no fans being there, he definitely would have. And I don't blame him for not racing with no fans. If he's going to do it as a salute for the fans, there's no point in him doing it yeah, whatsoever. Right. Stage one goes like this, and I thought Austin Sindrick was on a rail. Austin Sindrick had a great run. I thought he was going to be the guy to beat all day. Here's how stage one finished. Austin Sindrick, Justin Allgaier, Justin Haley, Chase Briscoe, Brandon Jones, Noah Gregson, Ross Chastain, Harrison Burden, Alex LeBay, and Jeremy Clements. Any one of those top 10, I feel, had strong cars and could have won that race. Yeah. And we go to stage two. Chase Briscoe emerges, finds his rhythm, wins stage two. Second goes to Justin Allgaier, Ryan Sieg, Justin Haley, Michael Arnett, Brandon Brown, Josh Balicki, Timmy Hill, Harrison Burden, and A.J. Allmendinger rounding out the top 10 for stage two. Now, after stage two, once everybody got fresh tires and everything, that's when the racing started. A.J. Allmendinger worked his way up there. Justin Allgaier and everybody. Chase Briscoe, amazing driver. That guy is championship caliber if I've ever seen it in the Xfinity Series. He's doing everything he needs to do to make sure he's in a good position for the playoffs. Chase Briscoe wins. Amazing race. Justin Haley finished second. Noah Gregson third. A.J. Allmendinger fourth, Austin Sendrick fifth. The top five are racing each other so hard to the point where Chase Briscoe went off the track and it was, lost the lead, went yeah. to third, and then went three wide and said, I'm taking this back. And there was such a good race listening to it. Ross Chastain ended up finishing sixth, Justin Allgaier seventh, Alex LeBay eighth, Michael Arnett ninth, and Preston Pardis rounds out the top ten. 30 laps led for Briscoe. 21 laps for Austin Sendrick. Those two guys were the guys to be. Sendrick just couldn't hang on to it, and everybody was charging up. I thought it was an exciting race. Honorable mention would go to Jeremy Clements, who was up there as well, running very well all day. And here's how I rated it. Just listening to the race on the radio, which I think made it more exciting for me. Put the TV on mute and listen to the radio. Yeah, I've done that before. I might end up start doing that, but here's how I rated the race. Nine's all the way down the board. Wow. 
everything was such a fun Take experience, it. and I think I'm thinking I'm going to start doing that. Just turning off the Mike Joys and Jeff Gordons and all that, and listening to the MRN guys call the race for me because that was so much more fun than actually. Because every time the guys talk is, oh, it's time to crank it up, and they have dead time. The guys on the radio talk the whole race. Yeah, they don't. They pause ten seconds for station identification, <laughs> and they have some people, some <laughs> ads and stuff, but they don't go. Hey, let's take a minute and just not talk and let them listen to the race. That's the stupidest thing, Fox. Stop that. Yeah. It's over with now. That was cool in 2001. Yeah. <laughs> not, not cool not now. Anymore. <laughs> I want to hear you talk. Pay, do what you're paid for. <laughs> and that's probably more the producers and not Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon. But I'm going to say, I'm going to blame them anyway because I can and it's my show and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> All right. So, how do you like the Xfinity race? It was good. Uh, I mean, you. What did you say? Nines all down. Nines down the board. I and like I said, I think a lot of that had to do with the radio and how exciting it was. I mean, I I had excitement at a nine, and then I went eights all the way down the board, so it came out to an eight point two. But I mean, it was still just seeing it on TV is an exciting race. But like you said, yeah, I'm going to try that for Kentucky coming up. I'm going to pause and mute the TV and listen to the radio. Yeah, it's going to be more exciting. I feel that's maybe try to sync it up right. Yeah, see, that's the problem when it comes down to the radio because you don't. It depends on if you're. Sometimes I'll watch on regular because it's TV. A, it's ahead of it's, the TV. Yeah, it's always ahead, but it depends because I watch it on other apps. Whereas if you're watching on regular cable, it's about ten seconds behind. But if you watch it on other apps, it's like thirty seconds behind. And I've noticed that when I listen to the drivers on the I'll, radio I'll too. Fi- yeah, I figured that out this weekend in the for the Brickyard four hundred. I'll try to figure that out and give it to the fans. And give it to you of what's going on. We'll right. see, though. But great, hey, the, great race overall. Yep, it was. And the cup was, I can't wait to get in the cup. Another fantastic week. Well, this time it was fantastic, at least in my eyes. So. Yeah, the cup race, I had, I listened to the scanners. I broke down and going to pay the $4 a month to have the scanners on my phone and tablet. Yep. Oh, I love it. It made, love it made it. the world a difference. From the start of the green flag, it was, it, I've discovered fast if you're out front in that clean air, with that high downforce, low low horsepower package, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Harvick proved that. Yeah, he sure did. Then we get to the competition caution. I'm listening to Justin Allgaier. I'm curious to see how he's going to do in this particular race because, as we all know, and we talked about at the top of the show, Jimmy Johnson contracted COVID-19 with his wife. They're in self-isolation there in Colorado. And Justin Allgaier got tapped to come up. Great. We like Justin Allgaier. So we get to the competition caution. Everybody's coming down pit road. It's a narrow pit road, 24 feet in width. You, you can't even fit some trucks that I see on the road on pit road. And somebody checked up and caused a chain reaction. And I'm listening to Allgaier's radio. And I hear, slowing down here, checking up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I heard, oh. And, of course, the TV is behind. Mm-hmm. So I have to wait to see what happened. And then once I saw it, it was the big one on pit road at Indianapolis. I've never seen a wreck that big on pit road in my 18 years of watching NASCAR. <sighs> and it took out everybody almost in it. It took out Ryan Truex Jr. It affected Ryan Blaney. It took out Justin Allgaier. It took out a lot of cars. Yeah. There. And I started kind of thinking, it's like, why did they, you know, why are they... You know, come on, give each other a little bit of bubble. But then Earnhardt, or I think it was Jeff Burden or Del Earnhardt Jr. explained it. And they said, you have to get as close to the guy in front of you so you don't lose time in the pits. I said, that makes sense. Yeah. But 
I'd rather lose a little time in the pits and still be in the race instead of being victim of unfortunate circumstances and getting wrecked on pit road. What I really, I kind of want to, I'm going to give it to NASCAR on NBC on this one because the commentators are like, oh, they're stacking up at the front of pit road as you watch on TV, they continue to zoom away from it and go straight to the pit stops. I'm like, there's action happening at this end of pit road. Why are we still watching? And they're still talking about the pit stops. And then they're just like, they go back and yeah, they're like, oh, I, wow. And I'm like, I, I did notice that. on TV. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did notice that too. And they were focused on the pit stops and you can't blame them. But listening to the scanners, I was able to pick it up pretty well what was going on. And I thought it was just, Kind of funny, and it was it was, it was horrible. It was horrible what happened. Scary but it, for uh, that yeah, yeah, pit crew member Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney's pit crew member, his name is Zach. He got pretty much body checked into the car, crawled yeah. away, and it. I thought he was hurt, but he was smiling onto the ambulance. I'm glad he's doing all right. From all reports, it looks like he's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. I think he just got checked out in the hospital. His leg was sore. Hey, better safe than sorry. You got body slammed by a 3,500 pound car. And put a dent in your own driver's car. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow, <laughs> so. that was scary. But um, but after that, it seemed like a, you know, Harvick was doing well. Caution came out again. A lot of tire issues. Almost circa 2008, not as bad as 2008. Yeah, 2008 was just 30 laps on tires. Throw the caution out every 30 laps. This time, it felt like with lack of practice, every everybody's car, according to the scanners, getting tighter as the run goes on, putting a lot of pressure on that right front tire. Just didn't work out for a lot of people. Eric Jones. Big hit for Eric Big Jones. Big hit for Eric Jones. Ryan Blaney had tire issues. William Byron had tire issues. A lot of people had tire issues, including heartbreak for Denny Hamlin. But we'll get into stage one results here real quick and then talk about stage two and then the end of the race. William Byron on a pit strategy stayed out, got the stage win for stage one. Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, top five, Denny Hamlin, Matt DiBenedetto, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, and Clint Boyer rounding out the top ten. Stage two goes like this. Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Matt DiBenedetto, Austin Dillon, Matt Kenseth, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, and Clint Boyer. We get down to the final stage. William Byron has the tire issue. Everything's starting to kind of sort itself out. But then you had a three-car breakaway. You had Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Matt Kenseth. Arguably the two best cars in the field in Denny Hamlin and Kevin, and Kevin Harvick. And all through the final stage and the final 30, 40 laps, you heard, if you were listening to the scanners, the spotter for Denny Hamlin say, save the right front. But hey, Harvick and Kenseth are right there, man. Yeah. Then I heard on the radio, because I was listening to both Harvick's and Hamlin simultaneously, saying what's going to happen. Harvick's radio said, car in the wall, stay low. Ooh. I thought it was a lap down car. I'm trying to look and see. Hamlin's radio comes on, ooh, catch your breath, are you okay? I'm like, no way did that happen. And of course, you're watching it on TV because you're having a heads up what's going on. Him hitting the wall, big hit, hard hit. Yeah. Glad he's okay. Heartbreak. Just heartbreak. Because I like Hamlin. A lot of people don't, but you got to hand it to Denny Hamlin. He is there all the time. Yes, he is. While his teammate, Kyle Busch, complains of lack of practice, Denny Hamlin and his crew get to the track and say, let's give it the best we got and make it happen and adapt. That team's going to be a championship contender 
in Phoenix at the end of the year. Mark my words, even maybe the champion. I agree with that one statement 100%. Kevin Harvick pretty much got the win handed to him after that Denny Hamlin wreck, but all eyes, I feel, were on Matt Kenseth. I was hoping that Matt <laughs> Kenseth would win. We were all hoping I that. Think, I don't think there was one fan out there and the 4 million people watching it on TV and the fans standing around the perimeter fences, which I would have done mm-hmm. if I was there. Good on them. If you're from Indianapolis, send us a line and t- send us some pics of the race because from your point of view, though it wasn't close up and traditional, I would have been there with the fans just enjoying the sounds of yeah, not, just, having a good time. not just stock cars, but Indy cars going by. Yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. All day. Great time. Kevin Harvey takes the win. Matt Kenseth finishes second. Great run for Eric Amarolo. And, in fact, all the Stuart Haas cars, with the exception of Clint Boyer, I must say, Clint Boyer finishing outside of the top ten yet again, finishing 16th. But here's how the top ten go down for the cup race. Kevin Harvick, dominating win, third Brickyard 400. He's a championship contender as well. Yeah, Between him and Hamlin, they have eight wins. Mm-hmm. Watch out for Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas. Matt Kenseth finishing second. Great run for him. Eric Amarillo, Brad Keselowski, Cole Custer, the rookie, finishing fifth. Kyle Busch, sixth. Michael McDowell, seventh. That surprised me. Tyler Reddick, eighth. Bubba Wallace, ninth. Joey Logano, tenth. Chase Elliott, eleventh. Christopher Bell, twelfth. Great run for him. Wanted to mention him. And... Like I said, great run for the Stuart Haas guys with the exception. I think, and, and you got to be careful here. Next week, we're going to be talking about our silly season. Yep. And uh, spoiler alert, people, Boyer's on my chopping block. I like Boyer. Yeah. That's, uh... But he's in the danger zone for me. We'll get a ranking down and get, make this simple, but very... The drama starts to build. The dramas, the, the, the ropes are tightening. Yes, they are. And you got to be careful because Eric Almirola is having a great run. I even had someone come up to me and say, who do you got for Kentucky talking to him? And he's saying Eric Almirola. And I said, I agree with you. That guy's having a great run. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I'm curious to see how you rated it. I put eights all the way down the board. Excitement, eight. Unpredictability, eight. Competitiveness, eight. Intensity was an eight. Memorability was a seven. So overall, it's Memorability than... was a seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but oh, I mean, listen, overall, oh, hey, listen, overall, it's better than last week's. Yeah, ratings. but so holy cow. It came down to a 7.8. So I give NASCAR. It was a better race this week, I must say. The Brickyard was very entertaining at times. But oh, okay. not the most memorable race. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you 100% there because oh. I thought it was an awesome race listening to the scanners. And if you guys haven't noticed, I was on Twitter the whole time on during the Brickyard. I'm going to start doing that for every race. 
So be on the lookout at Marbles in on Twitter. Preston will be at in the Marbles on Facebook during the race, giving you guys all the latest updates and everything, and chime in with us and virtually watch the race with us. I, I'm quoting, watch the race with us, interact with us while we're watching the race. It'd, it'd be a lot of fun. Here's how I rated the race for the Brickyard 400 there at Indianapolis for the Cup Series. Unpredictability 8, only because I feel that whoever was out in front, unless something happened to him, was going to be tough to beat and pass. But Harvick proved you can pass the leader several times, Yeah, usually during restarts. But I thought it was, you know, wait for the guy to mess up in front and take and pounce on that. And plus, I wanted to see Kenseth win. I was, oh, maybe he, he does. <laughs> Memorability 9, intensity 9. Wow. Competitiveness, 8. And excitement, 9. Overall rating for the cup race, 8.6. Okay. I thought it was a great race. One of the best races I've seen in a long time, and the numbers show it. I think a lot of fans are sticking with NASCAR. Through all this drama and political and all this stuff, the numbers show we had over 4 million people watch the race on TV, and I think that's a good average. I'd like to see maybe 3 million more. Yeah. I feel it was a great race. I think it kind of lit the fire under everybody. But going to Kentucky now. Now we get down to the nitty-gritty. We're going to Kentucky. Yes. A racetrack, again, that I really enjoy watching, really enjoy viewing as a fan. We got a truck race, two Xfinity races, and the cup race this weekend. Who do you got? As far as the trucks will go, top five, it seems pretty simple. I mean, I have Austin Hill in there, Ben Rhodes in there. I have Sheldon Creed, Christian Eckes, and Johnny Sauter. And my dark horse to watch would probably be Stuart Friesen. Okay. So, who do you have? For the truck race, I got Austin Hill, Christian Eckes, Johnny Sauter, Todd Gilliland, Grant Infinger. Dark Horses, two of them. Rayoon Brothers Racing, Angela LaRock, and Brian Barnhill. Our friend Brian Barnhill is going to be there. Hopefully, no transmission issues. Hopefully, he gets through the entire race. Hopefully, he gets through lap five. I'm (laughs) thinking he will. Angela Ruck's having a good season. Every race she's in, she's running competitively. I feel she's finishing and learning. I think she's got a great chance of finishing on the lead lap in the top 20, and so does Brian Barnhill's Everything Goes Right. Those two are my dark horses for I like that. Good the picks. truck race. Good for the picks. Xfinity race, for both races. I'm just going to say both races. I was going to do the same as well. And here we, and it's just kind of like a Pocono, truck, or Pocono Cup race mm-hmm. where we had these two races in a row. Xfinity has it at... Kentucky. Chase Briscoe, you can't count this guy no, out. No. Him and Stuart Hosser are doing great in that single car team down there in the Xfinity Series. I think Chase Briscoe is going to be a tough competitor here in Kentucky. Noah Gregson having a great run there still for Junior Motorsports. Ross Chastain is going to be one of my picks. Anthony Alfredo, Justin Allgaier, and Dark Horse Joe Gibbs' Harrison Burton. Okay, I like that. It's uh, pretty decent. I have, uh, I have Chase Briscoe, Noah Gregson, Keeping Austin Cindric, Austin Cindric, excuse me, in there as well. I put Harrison Burton in my top five, and Brandon Jones in my dork course will be Ryan Sieg. Okay, and that's for both races as well. Nice. Now for the Cup race, this is kind of a tough one because there's a lot of drive. The cream is rising to the top. Let's say this: the championship picture is forming. Those in the chase and the competitive every week are going to stay up there, and I have a feeling this is going to be the top five, not necessarily in particular order, but this is the top five who to watch for for me for the Cup Series. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, no surprise there. Yep. Kurt Busch, defending champion here with a great finish there against his brother Kyle. Eric Almirola having a great run there in Stuart Haas. Brad Kozlowski, 
dark horse, wind in the sails, coming out of Indianapolis, Matt Kenseth. That's good. I like that. Kevin Harvick, of course, and Denny Hamlin. So we already know that's that's like a lock at this point, Every almost every week at this point. Uh, I have Brad Keselowski in there as well. I put Joey Logano in there. I like Joey. Martin Truex Jr. He needs a rebound. He needs a rebound. I, it's, something's going on with the Gibbs cars right now, except Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Eric Jones, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. Though Truex has a win, Kyle Busch doesn't. Eric Jones doesn't. But Kyle Busch would say it's the lack of practice. Yeah. But Michael McDowell isn't practicing either. Nope. And he's finishing in the top 10. Yep. I almost put Michael McDowell as, as a dark horse, but I'm putting Tyler Reddick back in as a dark horse again. And this guy is okay. he's getting there. Yeah, Tyler so Reddick, might, man. He might be someone to reckon with. I might have to add him into a top five every once in a while. You might have to, on. man. But, hey, man, that's going to be our top five. We've already covered the Formula One. But here to reiterate, Max Verstappen, this is for both of us. Verstappen. Botas, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Signs for Formula One. Now, yeah. forgot to mention, Indy Racing is going to come back this weekend as well. So we get all major motoring sports, motorsports in now in the United States as well as Formula One back this weekend for a fun-filled weekend with the addition of trucks this weekend, vice last weekend at Road America for the Rev Group Grand Prix at Road America, two races in a row. So we're going to have a race on July 11th at 5 p.m. and a race July 12th at new 12.30. Wow. There at Road America. Scott Dixon is my guy to watch. Simon Paginal, Will Power, Ryan Hunter Ray. And my fifth one, I'm going to say Max Chilton. Okay, well, we, man, we have a busy weekend it's coming up here. It's going to be a busy episode. Not only do we have to review the race and everything like that, but we're going to have to do our silly season predictions and yeah. what's going on with everything with that. Looking forward to the race weekend. I hope everybody else is too. Make sure you check me out on Twitter. I won't be streaming live or anything, but I will be on Twitter actively tweeting about the races. Make sure to t- tune in and chime in. We've had a few likes. In fact, I had a like, and I want to hear, and this will be a good debate. Should NASCAR and all forms of motorsports reconsider tr- start times with tracks without lights? So you've brought this up a lot, Preston. Yeah. You're really the big pusher on this because every week, and I don't blame you, every week it seems we go to a track, it does not have lights. In the past couple of weeks, Indy and Pocono, they don't have lights. Weather delays. Weather plays a factor. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised in Kentucky if rain plays a factor again. Kentucky has lights, though. Yes. I don't care what time they start. I don't care either. Pocono and Indy does not have lights. How do you feel? Well, you're right. I have been the very big pusher on this one. Here's my deal. I understand. Now, I'm going to throw in there. We already know that NASCAR probably probably has to do with TV slots. Yep. And we, you know, we understand that at times. And I always sometimes like to say they're trying to pander to the more West Coast and trying to gain more fans from out there. And I, I totally understand that, too. But there's a time, there comes a time when you have to take a step back and we need to look at this because NASCAR years ago... Years and years ago, we used to, I remember, it used to be 12.30, 1 o'clock start times. Pocono, for example, we know the season. It rains up there. Why are we trying to start at 3 and 4 o'clock? We could have started at 1 o'clock and gotten the entire race in, and then it would have rained, and we would have been okay. Or it comes, you know, like Talladega, for example. Why are we waiting so late in the afternoon for Talladega? We could have already started that race and had it done. I If, if it's a track that's got lights, I don't have a problem with it, but... 
you have to start to look at NASCAR in general, these teams that spend the money, and then they have to stay another day because we have to race the next day. And then sometimes it rains the next day again. It's just, I don't I feel like NASCAR should probably take a step back and maybe maybe we should listen to the fans and see what they have to say. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm sure they go through their own system and stuff on how to get the start times. I was disappointed come the Daytona 500 when they said the race is going to start at 4.30 the next day. But they have to secure, I'm sure, TV slots and stuff. Right. In, in which case, that's what caused my dad not to be at the race for the Daytona 500 event. I was looking forward to him to come down seeing with me for, you know, quite a while. Yeah. You know, I watched the race alone. It, you know, I enjoyed myself if as evident in the Daytona escapades episode, but still it started at four 30. I was kind of bummed about that. Now NASCAR can't predict the weather. I'm sure people write the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps all the time and mm-hmm. say, when he asked, what can we change? I'm like, don't let it rain. It's a little outside of everybody's control here. Yeah. You as the resident weatherman should know that rain showers pop up all the time and you can't help it. Well, they do, but when you've seen it enough times, you know well, that it tends to happen in a certain time in the afternoon, just yeah. like here in South Carolina. Yeah, but then it rains at 1, and do we push the race back to 10? No, but I feel like if it, I feel, but you know, if it rains at 1, what if that's the only time it does rain? I mean, we still have all afternoon. It's just, it, but I, I get what you're saying. You don't know when it could happen. It's just, it's been frustrating here lately. And I, I know that the, I don't know how the financial burden is on NASCAR at this point, but I just feel for the teams that there was, it seems like sometimes we're having to wait until the next day. And I hate that because, you know, they have to go back and it's just, it's a logistical. Yeah. Thing it's a logistical well. nightmare for the team. Unfortunately, in the day and age that we're in NASCAR just can't go and say, Oh, you know, if they want to, if they got to, they can't secure time slots until later in the afternoon. They can't just go and run the race early in the day and then show it on TV later because in the world of social media, social media, this is 2020 and people give out the winner all day long and then nobody's going to want to watch the race. True. I mean, I feel like it's, it could go either way. NASCAR, I feel like, yeah, you're right. I mean, NASCAR feels like it has been starting later. A lot of races have been starting later, but this isn't the normal NASCAR season that we're all accustomed to Yeah, where everything's flowing so smooth in the world, COVID, everything else, man. It's just one thing after another. I, I, I feel you, man. I mean, I, just, I, I want the races to start as early as possible, yeah. get done, depending on the race, three and a half hours max later. And I mean, I just, I hate to, like, really push the envelope on it. I just, with that brickyard happening on Sunday and how it just started so late, I was just like, man, why, like, five o'clock? And I'm like, man, like, now we're getting to this race. Like, why did we wait until, first of all, four o'clock in the afternoon to start? I felt like that was just way too late. For the Brickyard. Yeah, and and I mentioned on Twitter, and I tweeted out this, imagine if Roger Penske Put lights puts up. lights in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and imagine watching the Indy 500 and Brickyard 400 under the lights. That would be a lot of money to invest because that I, is a big track. Imagine the return, though. Oh, yeah. People love night races. Mm-hmm. You watched last year's Bristol race during the spring, during the daytime. Half, not even half the state... Uh, racetrack was filled up with fans. Mm-hmm. The Bristol night race, I could tell you for a fact, at least it was half full and more this year because I'll be there again with boots on the ground for in the marbles at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Now, you look at the Coke 600. I feel like there are a lot more people at the Coke 600 than there are at the Roval. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like fan. I, I know personally for me, when I go into the stands, I want to, I don't like dealing with the sun and the heat. I'd rather go to a night race. That's just me. Well, I sit there and endure a day race all day long. Right. It doesn't bother me. But would I rather do a night race? Absolutely, I would. Even if it's a day-to-night race, I don't care. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of with you, and I'm kind of not. You know, I think either way, if NASCAR makes a decision to go to the one thirty, twelve thirty start, whatever it may be, that it, and rain does play a factor, it, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment for NASCAR. I mean, I, I, can, I understand, you know, NASCAR, is, they've done this thing for years where they're trying to welcome more people into the sport. And we have always known for years that the people on the West Coast have to, you know, if the race is starting at 1, they're getting a start time of like 10 o'clock on TV. And, you know, for fans on the West Coast of Formula 1, that's a little unfortunate because with Formula 1 starting at 9 a.m. over here on the East, you know, 6 a.m. over there on the West, that's got to suck too. Well, it's a little thing called a DVR that almost every American has access to in one way or another. Yeah, so... A lot of, of, let's say, platforms like YouTube are streaming now, streaming the races. Mm -hmm. Just watch the race there. I mean, there's ways to do this if you're on the West Coast. And to pander to that group... I get that. You don't want them to have a fair start time, but it's got to be a TV thing. It's got to be something with Fox and MS and, and NBC Sports. Yeah. And all those guys. It's got to be one of those things. ESPN has their contract with Formula One, which they run commercial free, which I completely love. That's another topic. But I'm with you and I'm against you there. I'm kind of on the fence. It's like, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. You push yeah. the start time back and it rains. Shame on NASCAR. You start at 4 p.m. Shame on NASCAR. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess um, I guess the question that we have this week for the fans at home, I guess we could probably ask, excluding TV, we'll, we'll put this up on you know Facebook and Twitter, excluding TV slots, time slots, should NASCAR maybe start earlier? I guess we'll have to see what the fans have to say. But uh, that's the big thing I'm yep. going to put out there. Let's just, excluding TV time slots, should NASCAR go back to their a little bit earlier start times than what they've been doing for yeah, the last couple of years? And speaking of that, we have our poll from last week where it was asked, who was the best NASCAR driver never to win the Daytona 500? I said it was Tony Stewart. You said Mark Morning. I put in Rusty Wallace as well for an honorable mention and someone else. And we had four votes. We're getting there. Four is better than zero. Four is better than zero. Thanks for those who participated. Make sure you look stay on the lookout more for future polls. Tony Stewart only had 25% of the vote. Mark Martin had 50%. And someone else, I believe it was Maples, ah. who commented on it, said Ricky Rudd, and a very good pick. That I is think, a very I good think one. he said Ricky Rudd and Terry Labonte. Yeah, Ricky Rudd, Terry Labonte. I think Mark Martin won that poll, and you win, Preston. So good job. <laughs> yeah, with the four votes. <laughs> with the four votes. Hey, if you don't vote, it doesn't. It, this is all we got. Hey, I mean, I think we I think Ex- exercise your constitutional right to vote, people. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we may have a little bit more feedback this time around. I think we might. So the debate of the of this week here at In Marbles, check out our Facebook and Twitter for that poll. Do you think NASCAR should push the start time back or keep it the same? Yep. So debate over. We're going to get into our final thoughts, our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, and wrap up with our current In the Marbles 2.0 fantasy standings. White flag. White flag. White flag. One lap to go. One lap later. Driving the week this week in NASCAR and fantasy update, Preston, who is our driver of the week this week here at In the Marbles? Our driver of the week is not only the one, the only, Junior Johnson. The last American hero. The last American hero, which his real name was Robert Glenn Johnson Jr. 
Junior Johnson, NASCAR driver of the 50s and the 60s, as we all know, winning 50 NASCAR races in his career before retiring in 1966 and then becoming a team owner in the 70s and the 80s where he sponsored such champions such as Kelly Arborough and Darrell Waltrip. Darrell Waltrip, yeah. His achievements, 1960 Daytona 500 winner, a six-time Winston Cup Series owner's champion with Kale Yarbrough, Car- <laughs> Kale Yarbrough excuse me, and Darrell Waltrip, named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers, International Motorsports Hall of Fame inductee in 1990, Motorsports Hall of Fame of America inductee in 1991, and NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee in 2010. Man, and he just recently passed away at the end of 2019. And the only reason I remember that is because my wife and I were sitting, I think, at Old Charlie's, getting ready to go watch the night, the Rise of Skywalker when it came out in theaters, and saw that he passed away. And that was a tragic loss for NASCAR and its history. Junior Johnson, great pick, American, last American hero for a driver of the week this week here and in the marbles. Now, for our... This week in NASCAR, we go all the way back to 1994, July 10th. Ricky Rudd, in his first season as an owner-driver, runs down Dale Earnhardt and scores a close win in the Slick 5300 at New Hampshire International Speedway. Mm. Say Slick 5300 five times fast and (laughs) see if you don't get twisted up for that. It is Rudd's 15th career victory, marking the 12th consecutive season that he has won at least one race. And that is your This Week in NASCAR fantasy standings. Oh, boy. Now, for those of you who, who want to check this out on YouTube, my uncle took the time to graph this stuff out, and it is beautiful. I'll show you after the show. It's going to be on YouTube for all, everybody to see. He took the time to sit down and put it in a spreadsheet of every race Wow, we've ran. And I'll get to that here at the end at the end after I run down the current standings and I know why he's doing this because Beamer on a Beamer my uncle John is dominating this season 2,663 points he's on it SMR R&D with 2,570 points I'm third with 2,480 points I had a pretty decent indie showing Meep Meep who is by far my dark horse in this whole thing because I just like saying that <laughs> 2360, S Blades 2273, SMR Operations 2178, Crunchy Enterprises 2121, 43 and Me 2077, and everybody from 9th down, I don't think are participating in this anymore. I think they're out of it and they know it. <laughs> Jay Waka Flocka 1867, Wiregrass Racing 1607, and BK Racing 57. With 1548. Now, like I said, my uncle took the time to make this spreadsheet. And, folks, it's beautiful. I'm going to pull it up on YouTube right now to show everyone. If you're watching it on YouTube, make sure to give this a thumbs up because this is awesome. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure to go to our YouTube channel and check this out once these episodes drop. So, Daytona, we only had four people participating. I'm going to show you how far this has come. Four people participating would be you, me, SMR, R&D, and Beamer on a Beamer. And from the get-go, Beamer on a Beamer dominated 140 points. And then we started getting more and more people. We go to Indy, and Beamer on a Beamer scored 199 points. Wow. I scored 192. I thought I was going to get him. But then here, here's where it starts getting interesting. Wiregrass Racing, I believe is my dad, 
was doing great up until Martinsville. Once he hit Homestead, zeros across the board. Mm. Jay Waka Flocka was participating all the way up to Talladega. Once Pocono hit, didn't participate. And BK Racing 57, the same. But you, Preston. Oh, no. SMR operations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Indy, 86 points. This is a big disappointment. Talladega, 86 points. And you can just see your ratings because he has a line graph here, too. Well, here's here's it's a, it's a beautiful graph. It's a beautiful graph. <laughs> it it clearly shows John's just right, just Denny handling it right up to the top. Whereas you, you were kind of like the Joey Logano. You start off strong and then just I'm <laughs> <laughs> just skirting enough. It's beautiful. Have- it is such a beautiful graph, and and it, the, the fact that he did this, and I can't wait to show it on YouTube because it is so beautiful. Well, I have an explanation for this. Okay, and let me hear your excuse because you, you know what excuses are like, right? No. Excuses are like <laughs> holes. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's got one. So I want to hear why you think you can justify 86 points. Okay, so. Because <clears throat> it's, it's pretty funny. You have to understand in I the have NASCAR underst- Fantasy League that in NASCAR Fantasy, you can only use a driver 10 times in the season. Yeah. So I have to, I'm trying to. Like, it would be nice to use the drivers that I want to use right now, but I'm also trying to save some for towards the end. So I'm trying to throw in other people here and there at times because I'm trying to, I'm playing for the long run right now. At the start? But at this point, well, I don't think the long well, run's going to work out. Well, let me tell you this. At the start of the chase, it's going to reset. Is it? Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> so you've been oh, just God. shooting yourself in the foot, man. I didn't, I didn't know it resets at the start of the yeah, chase. Yeah. After ten race, after these next ten races, it's going to reset for the chase, and then you have to pick a chase driver, a couple of chase drivers, oh, and a garage man. guy. That's well. Then that's then when it's on me then. Yeah. So uh, go well ahead. Then, you know what? I'll figure it out. Then. Okay, you figure it out. I just I thought that. I mean, I remember in years past, it was kind of like it wasn't like that at first. At least it was like that play. last year for me yeah, doing so fantasy. I was more of like trying to play for the long run. I'm, oh. I would compare it to. When NASCAR didn't have stage racing and guys, we would go to tracks like Indy and people would all these do these pit stops or some would do the pit stops where they were playing for fuel mileage and they're playing for the long run. And then you have guys that are trying to stay up front all day long. I'm the one that's playing for the long run because I'm just going to get that win. And and Beamer on a Beamer is the one playing the stage racing and playing it right, apparently. Holy cow. I'm the Paul Menard of the 2011 Brickyard 400. Yeah. And what what else came from that? After that, no other wins. After okay, that, but I mean, even up to that point, no wins. That, that was, was one of the most exciting days of my life. Well, I'm glad you have that one little <laughs> nugget to hold on to. <laughs> but, Preston, you have anything else before we wrap it up here? Great episode. Looking forward to Road America for Indy, Austria for Formula One, Kentucky for the Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. I hope everybody else is, too. Preston, you have anything else? Uh, not a whole lot, just other than checking the weather this weekend after we talked about our debate. Everything looks decent. Well, considering we got lights at Kentucky, the Cup yeah. Series, there's not a very high probability of rain on Sunday afternoon, but they can go night racing. As what far it, as Xfinity goes and trucks, there is rain in the forecast for all three of those nights, so we'll just have to wait and see. We might see another triple header. We could. Another we'll, busy day of racing. We'll see. And we there's a possibility of rain for Formula One as well. I think there's a 40% chance of rain on oh, Sunday. That makes so it even more exciting. We'll that makes it that makes it more exciting, man. <laughs> all right. Since you have nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. 
Thank you so much for listening to us this week here at In The Marbles. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube as well. And we've got more episodes coming out on YouTube, so bear with us there. Hope everybody stays safe out there and enjoys the race weekend. For Preston Mood, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.